You're listening to Radio Influence. You are in the trenches with former Buccaneers offensive lineman Ian Beckles on Radio Influence. Hello, everybody. This is Ian Beckles, and this, we can say, is a special edition of In the Trenches. Uh, We got her done. The Buccaneers get it done. Blowing out the mighty Chiefs. Um, Didn't hear one person say that before the game. One week, two weeks, nobody said the Buccaneers are substantially better than Kansas City, and nobody said that the Buccaneers were going to blow out the Chiefs. I heard the other end. I heard people saying that the Chiefs were going to blow the Bucs out. And listen, if I had to put money, I'd put money on the game, on the over. That didn't work out either. But nobody saw this coming. I don't care the way, uh, how much you're into football. And that's what's so tough about, you know, matchups. You don't know what's going to happen until it actually happens. You know, we have, uh, we, we play the Saints who beat us up twice. We, we have a game plan. We go in there and we smash them. We, we beat all three NFC champions. And then we beat the Super Bowl champions. So, I mean, it's, to me... The whole thing with the whole goat thing, okay, let's stop it. It's over. Done. It's over with. I, it's, it has nothing to do with being a Tom Brady fan. Tom Brady left his team, went to the losing his team in sports history, and beat people who said that Mahomes is supposed to be the next goat. Shame on you for saying somebody's the next goat, first of all. That doesn't happen. You're not the goat till you're the goat, all right? Patrick Mahomes is not the next GOAT until you're the GOAT. There's one GOAT, all right? It's disrespectful to the process. He said, it's fantastic. But for him to be the GOAT, he's got a lot of coming up to do, okay? You don't win with the quarterback. The quarterback is a huge part. The Buccaneers didn't win yesterday because of the quarterback. They did not. They beat the crap out of Kansas City on both sides of the ball. You know, you guys know the name of this, this podcast, In the Trenches. And I, I talked to a few different radio stations in Canada and all different different places. And they're like, well, do you think they have a chance? And I go, the Buccaneers are both better than Kansas City on both sides of the ball. Yes, they have a chance, 100%. And they showed that. That wasn't close. That battle was not close up front. And I can't imagine the feeling those guys had. You know, I played nine years in the league, didn't, didn't play in a playoff uh, game. But that, that feeling has to be amazing. And I'm sure you'd like to bottle that up just being on that field, uh, having fought with your brothers throughout that whole season and accomplished that, um, I think it's, it's a beautiful thing. And when you look at this team going forward, you know, Tom Brady's going to be 44 years old next year, but I don't know if that matters anymore. I mean, it's, I don't, I've never said that in sports before, but I'm not sure it matters. You know, Tom Brady, you know, is 43 this year, and he, he went through Breeze, Rodgers, and Mahomes, he beat Mahomes in Mahomes' third, you know, super third year of starting. But everybody's saying Mahomes is the next up. He's forty three, and beat Mahomes dead that right in his prime. Let's stop. Let's stop talking about a future goat. Don't do that. It's, it disrespects the process. Tom Brady yesterday played well. I didn't think he played well the week uh, two weeks before against Green Bay. Tom Brady played well yesterday, but he played within himself. He he knew. I don't know if he knew, but I think they had a belief that they can slow down Kansas City. I don't know if they thought it'd be uh, hold them without a touchdown. I don't. Nobody thought that, but that was fun. 
to watch. And listen, it's a historic Super Bowl. Whether you know it or not, I mean, it's historic. There's there's only 22,000 people in the stands. We had this during the pandemic. It's historic. You're always going to remember Super Bowl 55. Always. Not only because the Buccaneers won, but you're going to remember it because of all the crap that we're going through. 31 to 9. And remember, the Bucs got stopped on the one-inch line once. So it, it wasn't even as close as the score. It really wasn't. The Bucs took it to them. Big ups to Bruce Arians, uh, you know, Todd Bowles, Byron Leftwich, Jason Light, Brian Ford, all those guys. I text, I text them all, congratulated them, um, and they, they deserve it because, you know, they've taken a lot of grief throughout the years, justifiably so, because, you know, we've, we've been a horse's ass for a long time. And it's a beautiful thing to be where they are right now, and there's no reason why this team falls off next year. If Tom Brady's still healthy, like I said, I don't know why the hell he wouldn't be. You know, he's got those, you know, those avocados that he's been eating, and, you know, he's, I don't know, but it just, it just looks fantastic still. Father time has to catch up with them. It has to happen. But he's defying everything, kind of like LeBron James is doing. I don't know how the hell, how the hell he could be that old and running around like that. But the game plan in general was was gorgeous, okay? And it made you wonder, because Andy Reid and, uh, you know, that Kansas City chief staff is supposed to be the best thinking and deepest thinking. That they got out coached yesterday. There's some there's certain statistics that they came up with, and I was like, whoa, that's that's unbelievable. They had, well, they had eight penalties for 95 yards in the first half, by the way. That's a lot of penalties for, for a whole game. And you, you, they're talking about Kansas City couldn't block us up front. 92% of the times that Mahomes dropped back, they blocked five guys. That's a lot of stress on an offensive line, people. Especially with three non-starters in there. That's just not, that's not good ball. It's nonsensical. You, you're, you're taking too much chances and you're putting too much pressure on the offensive line. They said Mahomes rushed for 498 yards behind the line of scrimmage. 498 yards behind the line of scrimmage. Okay? And you and people are like, Patrick Mahomes, this and that. Patrick Mahomes, nobody was going to be successful in that situation. Nobody. And I mean nobody. He took three, five steps, sometimes seven, and somebody was in his grill. They couldn't, they couldn't block us. And, you know, for us on the, on the offensive side, for the Buccaneers, you know, 70% of our passing game came through play action. That's what you want. That's what you want. You want your offensive line to be aggressive. And the, we, I've told you guys to forever, it's about being able to run the football. And they ran the football well yesterday. And Fournette and Rojo, I've never really been a huge fan of their ability to run until now. Fournette just looked different in the playoffs. I don't know what happened to him. I don't know if he's thinking about, you know, next year's contract or what the situation is, but he looked like that guy in the playoffs. So does Shaq Barrett, by the way. Shaq Barrett was kind of quiet this year compared to last year. In the playoffs, he was a monster, okay? Devin White, who, you know, might be my favorite player right now, uh, he came out and basically said, um, we thought they were gimmicky. And they are somewhat. Kansas City is, but, but that gimmick's the son of a gun to stop. But they thought they were just going to ball up their fist. The Buccaneers thought they were just going to ball their fist up and punch Kansas City square in the mouth. And that's exactly what they did. 
Mahomes is six and two in the playoffs. Both losses, Tom Brady. So once again, it's over. Okay, that discussion is over. They should put Goat on the back of his jersey next year. They should allow Tom Brady to do that. And you know, I don't think it's fair for Bill Belichick to be catching as much abuse as he is. But that being said, he better have some success here real quick or people are going to start saying it wasn't you. That's going to happen, all right? No doubt. And he's going to have to at least make some noise without Brady because Belichick is below 500 without Brady, all right? So when Brady just saunters over to the worst franchise in sports history and wins the Super Bowl in the first go-around, makes you think that, eh, how much was Tom? What was what was the percentage? And I I still think Belichick's a good coach, but maybe not as good as I used to think he was because Tom Brady's just, and I, I do think in some parts, Tom Brady's getting too much credit. I really do believe that. The Buccaneers are a really, really talented football team everywhere, okay? I've always said, if you think we're good, go back to the Super Bowl team and then compare your players now to the players then, there was times where you could comp- you would compare two teams and you wouldn't take one person off the present-day team off of that Buccaneers Super Bowl team. Now, I'm not sure I wouldn't take JPP. Not sure I wouldn't take Vita Vea, Shaq Barrett, Devin White, a middle linebacker. He would be the guy. Levante David's going to have a hard time overthrowing Derrick Brooks, but Levante David's pretty damn good. Defensive back-wise, we're probably not as talented, but for God's sakes, these guys are all four years and, and below. They're going to be fantastic. They're good now. They're going to be fantastic next year and the year after that, and hopefully the year after that. Offensively, our offensive line is better than the year we won the Super Bowl. You know what else is better? The quarterback. You know what else is better? All of our wide receivers. All of them. Keyshawn Johnson was a nice wide receiver. It's not better than Mike Evans. Keenan McCardell's nice, not better than A.B., or not better than Godwin. So this football team is an excellent football team with a lot of talent, okay? Brady brought the mentality here, no doubt. Brought some of his people. You know, everybody that scored touchdowns in the Super Bowl wasn't here last year. Gronk wasn't here. You know, A.B. wasn't here. Fournette wasn't here. So some of it's, you know, talent from, you know, I got this email here, and uh, the per- person's asking me, if you ever want to email him, it's ianbeckles at radioinfluence.com. Um, says, I know you didn't play a quarterback, but as a former player, I'd like your opinion. Do you think Winston is a little salty about the Bucks winning uh, without him? Listen, <laughs> you can be as salty as you want, okay? You throw over 30 interceptions, you don't have a right to be salty. The Bucks didn't win. or they, 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 Last year, the reason why they lost... Jameis Winston is a big part of it. It's a big part of it. And to, to cut 33 or how many interceptions it was last year down and more than half is a big deal. It's a huge, huge deal. So I don't really care if Jameis Winston's salty. You know, and I'm, I've supported Jameis Winston throughout the years. I'm almost a, a Jameis Winston fan because he, he left everything on the field. I have no problem with Jameis Winston. Nobody could ever say that Jameis Winston wasn't out there busting his ass. But I don't really give a crap whether Jameis Winston salty after the Buccaneers, you know, go out there and they um, win a Super Bowl. Here's another one from Joshua Peel. It says, you deserve a ring for opening a conversation on enticing Tom Brady to Tampa Bay. I'll take a ring, Joshua. 
They want to give me a ring. All those guys, I'll take a darn ring. Trust me. But I'm not going to take that much credit, though. Although I was the first person that I heard say Tom Brady coming to Tampa Bay. I was the first person that I heard say it. And then Mike Greenberg came on with us. I brought it up to him. The next day he said it on his show. Then all of a sudden everybody else was saying it. Uh, taking credit, but, you know, it made a whole lot of sense. People are like, he's not going to come here. I go, what would make Tom Brady's legacy look better than coming to Tampa Bay and winning a Super Bowl? And for God's sakes, he got it done. So um, I, it's crazy. I'm still kind of shaking my head. I think a lot of Buccaneer fans are like, what the hell just happened? It was crazy. Here's another uh, uh, question here. Was Doug's, Does Alex Kappa get his job back on the offensive line next year? Yes, he does. Alex Kappa was playing, you know, at a Pro Bowl type uh, level uh, before he got it uh, on his high ankle sprain, and he's he was out. But next year, you're healthy, you get your starting job back. That's what happens. Stinney did a pretty good job in his replacement. I didn't hear Chris Jones' name too, too much yesterday, and I thought he might be a problem. And, you know, when it's all said and done, the Kansas City team, the, they, they got a little front runner in them, but they also got punched in the face yesterday. And, you know, next year is a long way away. But this Buccaneer team, people are already talking about repeat. And I, I, I know one thing. Tom Brady's not going to let them rest on their laurels. That is 100%. I guarantee Tom Brady is going to take two days off, then start working and tripping on next year. That's what he does. He's nuts. I've seen pictures of him or videos of him in, like, Cancun or something, on a beach with his shoulder pads and helmet on doing dropbacks. He's nuts. Okay. His attitude is crazy. He's obsessed. And that's good because I, I guarantee like his attitude uh, is going to be left here when he's gone. Because when you go into a locker room with a bunch of champions, it looks and smells different. And that's because of Tom Brady. No, no doubt about that. So this is going to be, as a Buccaneer fan, you ain't going to ever forget this one. We won't ever forget, obviously, us trouncing the Raiders. I actually rewatched it yesterday to get myself all ready to go. But, you know, this championship in a pandemic with one year with Tom Brady, you ain't ever going to forget that one. So I hope everybody enjoyed it as much as I did. Once again, if anybody ever wants to hit me up with a question, it's Ian Beckles at RadioInfluence.com. And make sure you're listening to all the other podcasts as well with my name on it. And uh, Beckles and Retcher, 3 to 7, 95.3 WDAE and 6.20 a.m. Monday through Friday. So uh, we'll be talking a lot of Buccaneers this week, that is for sure. But hopefully everybody enjoyed that. And hopefully uh, people are not as hungover as I am. But those kind of things do happen. Um, let's all enjoy it while we can. We'll be champions for uh, until September comes around. And then we'll still be champions until somebody beats us out. Or we repeat. Everybody have a wonderful day. And... Uh, Enjoy yourself. Peace out. You have been in the trenches with Ian Beckles on Radio Influence. This is a Sitting Ringside with David Penzer Quick Picks on Radio Influence. This week on Sitting Ringside, ladies and gentlemen, the wild ride as told by George Frankenstein, a.k.a. Gorgeous George. The way that I met Randy is just so crazy. The night that the night this happened, I had no money, and it was my first day dancing at this place. And it was a topless place, and I had never been topless. 
they told me you have to wear a sequin gown for a thing they call uptime. So I got this stupid dress on. So I'm sitting at the bar and there's a dude sitting next to me. I didn't even notice who he was. I wasn't even looking at him. There's, there's Randy on one side. I didn't know who he, I didn't even look at him. And then there was this old dude on my other side. And then I'm next to this old guy was the ZZ Top people and the Almond Brothers. Like this whole bar was just full of famous people. I wasn't even paying attention. I didn't even give a shit what was going on. So anyways, this guy starts, he goes, buy me a drink. And he takes his elbow and hits me as hard as he can in my arm. I didn't know he was evil Knievel. And when he did this, I said, you buy me a drink. Like, I was so mad. Like, he hurt me. As soon as I did that, this guy starts this huge fight with me. And so there was a, um, like, two bodyguards in, like, yellow shirts, say security on it. They grabbed me, picked me up, and throw me outside. Like, on my knees. Like, where I'm all scruffed up and everything. I'm, like, pouring and crying. I've got black, like, mascara all the way down my face. And this big guy comes out. He's, hey, girl, are you okay? And it's him. And I'm like, just get away from me. Just get away from me. Because I'm thinking, here comes some pervert coming out here to mess with me after I, this just happened to me. And I'm like, what do you want? And he's like, hey, hey, just chill out. I'm just trying to help you. I'm like, I don't want your help. Get away from me. And he's like, he goes, you know what you just did, right? And I'm like, no, I don't know. That guy's a weirdo. And he just hit me in my arm. They go, you know, I, they threw you out. And I said, no. He's like, that was evil Knievel. And he's here all the time. He's regular. I said, how would I know? who Evil Knievel would look like if he's not wearing that little white jumpsuit. (laughs) (laughs) Sitting Ringside with David Penzer can be found on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Google Podcasts, and RadioInfluence.com.